Use the Force, a very popular line used by Obi-Wan Kenobi and many others in Star Wars, but we're here to talk about the 12 best uses of the Force in Star Wars. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. So welcome, everybody, to TRB. That's right. It's the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. It is June. Summer is pretty much here. We got Indiana Jones coming out later this month. And that means we're only two months away from Ahsoka. So a lot of cool stuff. We're heating up uh, quite literally. And of course, in the Star Wars galaxy with me, as always, is James and Lacey. What's going on? How are we doing? Doing pretty good, man. Um, lots of stuff going on. I'm still rooting for FC Cincinnati. They are killing it. I just found out today that it, besides old scores in MLS history, they have the uh, top scoring uh, at this point in the season like ever for any team. Besides, like how they used to do it differently back in the day, so. I still think Richmond can take them, but that's just my opinion. Well, hey, they played at uh, uh, the Yankee Stadium the other day. Did you see that? They did. Yeah, I'll send you All a picture. Right. It's pretty. I don't cool like the way that they, they do soccer. I don't like that they play soccer on the baseball field because then I feel like it screws up the field. I didn't I like, like it either because it, it had these weird like circles throughout. The, <laughs> the you mean like, how it's supposed to be because it's Yankee Stadium? The fair, totally. Yeah, and yeah. Um. All right, Lacey, what about you? What's going on? Sports. Um, (laughs) Nothing. I don't watch sports, so I don't have anything to add in the sports conversation. However, I did recently pick up four copies of like old school uh, storybook Star Wars. Like they took the movie and made it into a storybook form like back in the 80s. And uh, they have vinyl records that go with them. So I'm pretty psyched to try those out. Very yeah. cool. and it has like George the... Williams music and everything and sound effects and like lines George from Williams? the movie. George. Sorry, sorry, John Williams. <laughs> it's like the wish version of John Williams. <laughs> George John, John Lucas is a John, genius. <laughs> John Williams music and then sound effects and like moments from the movie mixed in with the storybook itself. That's awesome. That is, yeah, that is cool. pretty sick. Yeah. I got it for a really good price too, because I haggle. I'm a good haggler. <laughs> haggler. Yeah. They're like, hey, I want to get you like it will be this much. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't pay a full price. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So if anybody you know who, ever wants to haggle. Like <laughs> you know who did pay the price? <laughs> this guy. Ugh. On my shirt. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Paid the full Thanks, price. Thanks, oh Chris Terrio. <clears throat> I love how everyone blamed Chris Terrio. Like JJ's like, yeah, that he wrote that part. Because Chris Terrio in the behind the scenes documentary is the one that's ta- saying how hopeful it is and how great of a moment it is, and JJ's not. I think it's pretty hopeful. He gave Ray hope to live on. John's just hopeful that people will stop talking about Ben Solo because he's dead, but they won't because he's dead. So it's the not joke's that. on him. It's not that. I'm just saying... <laughs> He's dead, and that's all I've ever said. People twist my words because I'm on like block lists and stuff like that. But he's dead. Talks on a block list. <laughs> what is so. the block list? I Dude that talks about how Ben Solo's—he's glad Ben Solo. Yeah, they're like, this you'd be surprised. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I bet that exists. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I've been—I've been through the gamut. You know what I'm talking about. Then I all must right. be on block lists that are like, she won't stop talking about this. That's probably true too um oh, he's being man. he's being too truthful about what the world between worlds is block immediately yeah. gone <laughs> uh you know what we're not blocking though actually is... hold on one second you know how oh, people make God. that joke people make that joke online that they're like what would you tweet out if i was kidnapped or like what would i tweet out if i was kidnapped to know that there was trouble i know john's tweet would be like ben solo shouldn't have died like that's what <laughs> i would be like guys there's something wrong someone has to do something no i would just tweet out like 50 blue butterflies and then like yeah hashtag raylo forever that Um, that would be the the tweet that i'd see and i'd be like i'd call james and i'd be like he's been kidnapped we need to become liam neeson we need to or at least become liam neeson yeah Yeah. All right. So the the well, spirit of Ben Solo just turned my ring light off. So we're just going to yeah, readjust that. I saw that. Um, all right. So here's the deal, folks. We have a segment called Will the Force. And James is going to tell you all about it and how you can get involved, too. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. 
That is right. And as John was alluding to, if you want to be part of Will the Force, all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash resistance podcast. Now, that particular page is our Patreon page, and you can, you know, sign up for any tier that you want monetarily and help us out, uh, which helps us in so many ways. Actually, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But the one cool thing is that the $5 tier, which is the lowest tier, introduces being able to submit topics uh, to Will the Force and other things, but Will the Force specifically this week um, is you can submit the questions, ask us a couple things, and we'll take them and do them on the show, which is really cool, and it's a great way to be part of the show. Um, that's why we're going to kick it off this week with one of our patron submissions, this one coming from Admiral Kyle Baker. Yo. And Kyle asked us the question, with the rumored prevalence of pirates in the show, Will Hondo Onaka appear in Skeleton Crew? Lacey, do you want to answer this first? What do you think? I feel like I'm going to break a lot of hearts right now in Star Wars because I know a lot of our listeners love Hondo, so you know where this is going to go. I don't think he will show up. <gasps> I feel like it's a good place to put him. Like if you're thinking like, oh, when will he show up? Because I feel like Hondo has come up a bunch of times, especially with The Mandalorian like could he show up what does this mean where could we see him again we miss him that kind of stuff and you know he's at galaxy's edge he's in the ride so obviously he's important to lucasfilm and fans in general i just i don't i don't see skeleton crew becoming this like easter egg cameo show especially because john watts is the one that's kind of heading it up and i feel like he's a little outside of probably the Dave Filoni bubble, I like to call it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the reaches of Dave Filoni. Now, I'm not saying Dave Filoni didn't have any say in that show because he definitely does because it's like a branch off of what they call like the Mandoverse is seemingly like related, yeah. like a brother sister show, so to speak. I just don't think that he's going to show up. If he does, it's going to be awesome and people are going to lose their minds just like they did with like Zeb and all these other people. I just don't think he will. And I'm so sorry. All right. <laughs> well, let me let me bounce back at you then and say that I think you will. I think that um, for the reasons that you were saying that it, it seems like a perfect framing for him coming into the show. Uh, I hadn't considered it, but Kyle kind of convinced me. He said, do you think this makes sense? And I go, oh, shoot, that actually does make a lot of sense. Because the last time we saw Honda, well, I don't want to say that exactly, but the biggest relevant time, I think, is when he was sort of uh convinced to be a mentor for Ezra. He says, for that kid, I'd do anything. And I think from that point on, he has become someone who would be willing to help out children in a situation where they find themselves maybe involved with pirates and things that he knows a lot about. And it seems very kid-friendly, and the kids could then go to the park and see the character. I, I don't know. It sort of just makes sense And then to move me. on to Rebels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's sort of a character that would be involved. This also does make me think, though, this would have been a better show for Jack Black to show up in. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> to be honest, 100%. with like Goosebumps, School of Rock, Jumanji, he seems like someone who would like please the uh, adults and the kids, and if this is where you're aiming, like Amblin, it probably would have been a better fit for a cameo, but John, what do you think? I don't think... Hondo Onaka will show up in Skeleton Crew. Yeah. Uh, I think if he does, the best chance would be in the Ahsoka series. Um, mm -hmm. Just because of the connection with Ezra. but And I know all this stuff is connected, but I just don't... I don't know. I like the the idea because the adversaries are pirates and he's a pirate. And, um, and technically, I guess we can say the last time we've seen Hondo in canon is at Galaxy's Edge uh in between episodes i mean nine yeah yes so he's alive he's been very busy yeah very busy no telling crowd after yeah. crowd how this to doesn't run fit into that timeline but yeah yeah this is before <laughs> that timeline yeah so yeah. i i think best shot would be ahsoka i don't think he's going to show up in either though so i'm going to say no okay. all right well, let me move on to the next question then, because we get another one. Um, will the writers strike? Because that's very relevant right now, obviously. Uh, possible other industry strikes as well. Delay this next Star Wars movie uh, from arriving in December of 2025. So not only this, but any possible things that could come up in the future. John, do you think there's a chance that the December 2025 Star Wars movie will get pushed? I think so. 
Yeah, I think it's gonna hit the date. Um, because everything I've been trying to keep up as much as I can, uh, and with the writer strike, and it just seems like, like at the starting point, there was just zero counter offer from the studio. So they're at like there still is they're at a zero proc mm-hmm. situation, and it seems like all productions, uh, even ones that didn't want to be, were pressured, justfully so, into halting those productions. And that includes, you know, whatever uh, they were doing with developing the rest of this script or the start over of this script for this new Ray movie by the Peaky Blinders creator um, off of Damon Lindelof. So that just that that alone, even if there was no strike, it would have been like, all right, well, he's got to finish that up and make sure they get uh, into production at some point. So it's not as rushed as some of the other movies that they had done Um, Add the strike to it. I think they're going to be in a situation where they're going to be like, we could probably get this done, but time's going to be ticking pretty quick. And all of a sudden, before we know it, it's going to be 2024. And they're going to be back in that situation where they were with the sequel trilogy movies where they're like, you know, we can probably get this done or solo or whatever, or Rogue One. We can get this done in time, but we're going to be rushing till the very end. And we've seen how that goes sometimes. Uh, now, I loved all the movies. So a lot of people didn't, but a lot of their arguments is they felt like, stuff was rushed or done last minute and mm-hmm. decisions were made. I would like for them to have as much time as they need. And that's sort of like what Kathleen Kennedy had been saying with this new narrative. We're going to wait till things are ready and good to put them out. So she, she may, I know like there's, there were stories about you better hit that date because we gave you Mulligan with the, with the rogue squadron 2020, right. which obviously came and went, um, not came and went, but it's just not happening in uh, this year. Uh, I think this might give them a bit of an out. Like there was a strike. We had to halt everything, you know? So we'll see in 2026. So I think it'll get pushed a full year. I think we'll see that next Star Wars movie in 2026 now, if if the strike doesn't miraculously end like this summer. All right, Lacey, 2025, 2026 or later. What do you think? Yeah, so I guess the first question is, is Stephen Knight a, parter, a part of the Writers Guild of America? That's what I was trying to look up while you were talking, John, and it didn't really come up immediately. So I don't know if he is. I don't want to assume that he isn't or is. I'm a. Mm-hmm. I would lean towards he is because most people are if they're sure. writers. Um, but that would obviously impact this now. Even if he's not a part of the Guild of America, he still might support them. So he might not be writing. The issue is that as of celebration, which is April, they said that he was currently writing the script and should have it within the next month or so now within that month or so the strike took place on may 2nd so i would say if he's a part of the guild then yes he probably stopped writing (laughs) therefore it would delay the movie um and i think even even that said if he's not i think this writer strike will affect the Star Wars movie because you're already seeing it affect other projects that are way further along like Andor and the Mandalorian where the stories are basically done and they're about to go into filming which they might have edits and stuff as we know throughout the process they make changes whether it be writing changes filming changes whatever those things are already being impacted this story has not even left the ground so to speak like it's still being created Mm -hmm. in the writing phase So I couldn't see this movie not being delayed. Um, Now, hopefully they have enough time, like John was saying, we're in 2023, they have, you know, two, one and a half years, maybe they'll push it to like early 2026, I don't know. But they could potentially still make it. My kind of worry with it is that they push it through anyway or they rush it. And then we don't get the movie that we want and or not necessarily want, but a good movie. It's been so long since we've had a movie from 2019 to now. I would hate for that movie to be rushed through and then put out this product that none of us are like, this is what we've been waiting for. So I am a strong believer. I've said this for the last several weeks that writers, people in film and TV, creators like within, you know, not just our space, but all space should be paid what they should, they deserve, especially like visual effects people. But in this case, writers, they're not asking for a lot. They're asking to be recognized for their work 
in a way that the industry has changed. Therefore, their pay structure also has to change. So I think until those needs are met, which is clearly not anytime soon, it's going to impact stuff like this. And I hope that the impact is only a delay and not an impact on the quality. And for, for anyone asking, like, you know, Stephen Knight is obviously British, um, but non-Americans can still be a part of the WBA right. as well. Right, right. So, I just did um, a quick search and I didn't see it, so I didn't want to say yes or no. But even then, he still might be supporting it. There um, seems to be that yeah. solidarity, whether that's voluntarily or line. just feeling yeah. feeling pressured to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to, like Tony Gilroy, I think the, it was pretty clear he wanted to keep going. And then there was a lot of like, they what got are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And he's like, uh, all right. We'll to be fair, though, he did say, oh, I'm done. I'm done writing. And they're like, that's not how this process works. We all know, know. how this process works. You're going to keep writing. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, my thing, just very quickly, is actually... Uh, sure. What you guys are saying. Exactly. Um, that's very possible. Uh, I will take the other route and say, and possible other industry strikes. Um, I think we're probably on the verge of a visual effects industry strike and actor. Uh, Oh, I don't know about actors, but I do know. I do know that I've been following like visual effects, um, like Marvel and all the stuff that's been going on and how hard they're pushing them. And that has the same implication of part of the reason that, the writer strike is happening is because of this potential new movement into AI and that's taking over a lot of artistic uh, things too. So I don't really think in the next two years, you know, you're going to be able to be like, boop, 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 Optimus Prime, there he is. But I think that somewhere along the lines, that stuff is going to have, uh, is going to, there's going to be an argument that takes place there. And, uh, I think we're getting close to the verge of it anyway because of pay and pressing hours and how much needs to be done by small groups of people and how they separate everything out. So yeah, well, I'm going to say the AI I'm argument say, is, a yeah. little, is crazy in itself because AI is just you know taking in other people's work and then basically replicating it. So that's its own thing. So I understand and, why people are fighting against it. And it's just yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let's move on to another uh, Patreon submission. This one coming from one of our patrons uh that is a general uh danny or chibigon 89 as she's known to us affectionately um <laughs> will kira knightley reprise her role as sabe in any of the live action star wars shows uh lacy what do you think on this one about uh kira knightley possibly popping back into star wars hi danny thanks for your question i love this question i am going to apologize because i'm going to give you a quick answer and my answer is no I don't think Kira Knightley has any interest in doing Star Wars. Maybe for a big paycheck, but I don't think they want to tell this story right now. So I'm going to say no. John, what do you think? Yeah, with all the Padme books and and I know the 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 quote from Natalie Portman, just which to me didn't mean anything. I think she's just being nice, saying like, "Oh, they never asked me, but I, yeah, I'd come back." Um, I don't see what the story or value would be to have Sabe come back. That would make sense in anything right now. Uh, if there was a story where it fit and it made sense, I, I believe she may have been the one that was that Vader thought was Padme in that comic. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. And she goes on like a longer adventure yeah. with him and they're working together for a while and stuff. So. Yeah. I just don't see it though so i'm with lacy i uh, hope that doesn't bum you out danny uh if you were leaning towards yes but i'm gonna say no too i think i think that the the fact that the comic exists is something that's happening right now where they're saying okay well they could potentially explore other people you know that look like this or whatever and one of the things here is that you had kira knightley before she was really a successful actress and now that she has become one would you be willing you know could we get her back into star wars because there's a connection there we get the same actress like joel edgerton and uh yeah coming back yeah 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 and uh I just I, I I think Lacey said it like I don't know what the story would be or how, why they would tell it in that particular uh, time frame. I don't know what she would be doing. And I don't think that they would be willing to pay Kira nightly fees just to tell a story of Sabe, a character that probably most people don't even really know other than the Easter egg of it was played by Kira Knightley and she's in the background or whatever. Um, So I, I, unfortunately I'm going to go no on that one as well. (laughs) So all three of us are kind of down on that idea, but I don't know. It'd be cool if it happened. Um, Last question here for will the force before we move on to our next section is going to be 
will we see force lightning used in the acolyte john i think you say yes am i right what do you think i do yeah yes i don't think i don't think we've seen enough force lightning in star wars we got a little bit a little bit from snoke like a little like a zap zap, 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 Mm -hmm. like that and then you know palpatine used it a little too much and then dooku he's like i'm gonna give you the one hand lightning job (laughs) and then uh we you know we've seen ray do it uh in a quick burst that she didn't realize Mm -hmm. but i think because this is a dark side show uh, I think we're going to see it again. I don't know how, maybe not even from a person, but I think we're going to see some force lightning in for sure used in the acolyte. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, if I'm wrong, whatever, but I think we will. All right. Well, Lacey, do you think we're going to see some force lightning? I think we will see force lightning. Um, it's one of those kind of staples for the dark side that when you've gone to a certain point, you're able to unlock these abilities. Um, <laughs> I also think a little further than that. I think this show is going to introduce us to some new force powers that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Because we I haven't really explored the dark side of things. You know, we get a little glimpse of it between uh, Kylo and Ray with their kind of force bond stuff, but we haven't really seen newer abilities on the, the dark side. So I think we're going to get some new stuff too. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with both that we could see some newer force uh, powers on the dark side. And I also agree that we're going to see some force lightning because that seems to be the go to signature move. Um, the one thing might be that it was to be like a possibly Sith related thing. But again, Ray did it and that doesn't it's not doesn't mm-hmm. connect to the Sith necessarily. Right. Um, nope. And Snoke, yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. So I think the the force thing is, or the lightning thing is probably very likely. Um, right off the top of my head, Lacey, when you said we haven't seen very many for, I mean, uh, with uh, Jedi uh, Fallen Order and all live that, action, we have, live no, no, action, no, I, no, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, with that stuff, you get um, the Night Sisters who are using the dark side, mm-hmm. and, and obviously the Clone Wars and stuff. You get they're using the dark side in different ways that aren't necessarily like the Sith or whatever. They call it just magic, and it's not like the dark side specifically. So that could be interesting, too, if you're exploring more outside of um, like that strict like, oh, this is the light side. This is the Jedi way. This is the dark side. This is the Sith way. We could see some stuff that's like, oh, you know, this is this is borderline force using. I don't you know. It's right. it maybe good, maybe bad, kind of like a karma based thing or something. I don't know. There's a lot that they could do with it. And Acolyte would probably be one of the best places to explore all sides. So mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, but that is going to be it for Will the Force. Uh, Lacey, do you want to go ahead and take us into our next section? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right, guys, there are lots of ways you can support us. We talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. Um, you can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. We're getting over 2,000 uh, subscribers now, which is awesome. We're making our way to that 100,000 for John to wear the gold bikini at Star Wars Celebration 2025. Let's go. Um, yes. Uh, you can also follow us on social and all the different channels at TRB Podcasts. We're on everything from Twitter to Instagram to TikTok to Facebook. Um, but if you want to do more than that and you want to support what we're doing here and our plans for the future, including some upcoming awesome trips we can't wait to share with you and much, much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast with your support starting at $5 a month. You get to be a part of the community, talk with other fans, um, and get exclusive content and live streams and much, much more. So this is the part of the show that we let people take part and it's our generals and spice runners are to our top two tiers. We ask them a question, they give us their answer, and we discuss it. So before I get to that, I do want to thank those people. So thank you to Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Micah Mori, Matt Heath, Bren- Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Allington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormer, uh, Hass Aslam, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, and Diana. Thank you guys so much. And to our Spice Runner, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the newest Spice Runner. Welcome, 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 for Worthington or Worthian, Worthian, <laughs> like a Mandalorian. Yeah, very. You've cool. now been accepted into the club. I've messed up your name, so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Two clubs from Texas, I assume. Yes, yes. For um, Worthian. 
I've been there once. When I worked for WWE, I went there. Fort Worth. Fort, Fort Worth? This is Fourth Worth, right? Fort Fourth Worth. Yes. Yeah. So I messed your name up twice. So now you're in a special club where <laughs> I messed it up twice. <laughs> And then, and then the third sure. time you get uh, a golden ticket and you get to go to the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. There's anyway, a jacket. Great. <laughs> so this this week we have our buddy Sneaky Zebra, one of our generals. Thank you so much for doing the Sneaky Zebra. It's always great to have you on the show. Uh, and his question was, what is your favorite action sequence from the sequel trilogy and why? Take it away. There are so many amazing scenes in the sequel trilogy, but it, conveniently we are on the set of... Uh, one of the sets of my fan film, which takes place during the sequel trilogy. So I have watched uh, these films and their action scenes quite a lot over the past few years. I immediately wrote off uh, lightsaber fights because I feel like what's the best lightsaber duel is a question we all constantly ask and debate as fans. So I wanted to distill it down to just action. And um, really my pick, I realized it's actually, it's not a huge, um, sequence but it's one that i think is just amazingly well done and it's from the rise of skywalker and it's just so brilliantly done and that is whenever finn poe and chewie are running through the hallways of the star destroyer and the reason i love it so much is they have that great wanna where they're running down the corridors and the camera just doesn't cut they have great transition points in there of movement and choreography great pyrotechnics in there stunt people in stormtrooper suits getting knocked down and I think I love it because the action is so in camera. And yes, there's, you know, visual effects added to it and a bit of cleanup here or there and a few hidden edits uh, every now and again in sequences like that. But I think for the fundamentals of it, I think it's just a really great raw action scene in the film. Um, and every time I watch that sequence, it just, the kid in me just remembers running around the living room with a toy blaster imagining running around the Death Star or something and just yeah I just I think it just really encapsulates a little bubble of just Star Wars awesomeness of guys running around with the blasters taking out stormtroopers fighting the bad guys just yeah um but thank you so much for uh letting me be on the pod race again I'm very sad I missed everyone at celebration but uh sadly due to some top secret AI work uh I couldn't make it back home to London <laughs> for it um but also thank you for letting me get one maybe last use out of this set before it gets uh, totaled. But uh, thank you guys again and keep up the amazing work. Awesome job, Sneaky Zebra. Love that set. You're gonna you're gonna get rid of it, really? Does anybody want it? Anyone wanna pack it up and bring it to their house? So guys, <laughs> what did you think of his answer, John? I wanna when is TRB gonna get into one of the Sneaky Zebra movies? That's what I wanna know. That's quite an achievement to unlock yeah we gotta unlock that one but uh <laughs> no great great answer i love the sets i love those those very yt1300 looking sets that you always mm -hmm. have behind you very cool stuff and they look so legit um so first of all thanks for supporting says always man uh and great job on the video i didn't even i wouldn't even have thought of that answer but and i want to go back and watch the movie again now because you know i right. like rise of skywalker too and just seeing that scene, I remember seeing it in that big trailer with the sweeping music that I cried during. Uh, and I was like, wow, that scene looks like it's going to be really cool. Old school Star Wars. And it really was. It did feel a little bit like Death Star Corridors. But I got to go back. You were saying that they didn't make any cuts. So it was almost like this one long shot. I, I got to take that in again. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, but you're right. When you combine all that stuff, it's not the high flying space battle stuff that usually steals the attention when it comes to visual effects and action sequences. But that's a really sneaky sleeper, sneaky zebra pick, uh, sleeper pick. Uh, so I think you did a great job with that one. So stellar work, stellar video. Thanks for all your support, buddy. And uh, we'll talk soon. And sorry we missed the celebration, but hopefully in the future. Yeah, I 100% agree with exactly everything that John said, which is like, I'm normally someone that picks up on the long take shot, you know? Um, and for some reason I was thinking about this and I'm like, yeah, it was cause they were moving through the quarters. I kind of remember this. Is it all one shot? I should go back and revisit that. But also just in general, it was a, it was a scene that like, I think we sort of wrote in our heads that we'd like to see after we saw force awakens and last Jedi. And it just, you know, it's like Finn Poe and Chewbacca, like running through blasting people through, through corridors and stuff. It just, 
it's like that movie has so much stuff in it that is really cool that we just don't really take in because we just kind of base it on the whole thing, you know, but it's mm -hmm. like, man, there's so many good parts in, in, in star Wars that sometimes get overlooked because we, we don't like attack of the clones or something, you know, but it's like, so, so much stuff is so good. And I, I really appreciate this answer because it, it sometimes avoids the main one and goes for something that um, is a little underrated sometimes. So yeah, great pick. Thank you. Sneaky zebra for bringing it to light for us. And uh, thanks for doing the pod race. Yeah, this, this pick, this, I don't know what's going on with me. This pick, I was like, pick, this pick. <laughs> it's been a day, guys. Uh, this is a great pick, Sneaky Zebra. And you guys know me from The Mandalorian and much more that I love a good long shot where everything's done in one take. Like, one takes are insane. And the, like you brought up, like the amount of talent on so many different levels from like the actors to the choreography to special effects. Like they have to be like, okay, and go and do this and throw this person here and do this. It's just insane. I, I can't even imagine how many takes they took to do that in the sense of not one multiple one takes. No, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. You're awesome. I am very sad that you're going to be breaking down that set, but I hope you got tons of pictures and videos and stuff in it. Um, and I hope that if you're an audio listener, you will check out the video just so you can see Sneaky Zipper's pod race because it's mm -hmm. definitely worth it. Um, but now we're going to head to John for our Kessel Run. All right, everybody. Strap in and get ready because it's time for the Kessel Run. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? It's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. All right, not if you're round down, buddy. Not if you're round down. All right, so this is our segment where we put together our collective list of 12 things about a specific topic in Star Wars. Of course, Star Wars. And this time, it's the 12 best uses of the Force. So we're each going to go around, give our picks, total up to 12, and then we'll summarize it at the very end. And of course, want to hear from you what you think of our picks and what your picks are as well, because it's tough to make these choices when there's so many different uh, selections to choose from. So uh, no wrong answers, though. So we're going to kick things off this time with Lacey. Lacey... What is your first pick for the best use of the force? I love how you didn't even give us the choice. We usually go, okay, who wants to go first? But this time John was like, nope, Lacey's going first. It's so happening. I Full disclosure, I tried to go back to previous <laughs> ones and see what <laughs> the rotation joking. was. Because usually it's like, who's going to do this? And then I immediately go, nope. And then someone else yeah. goes. But it's just funny that John was like, so Lacey's going to start this time. That's totally fine. All right. Uh, so I'm going to kick it off with a moment from a movie that we're celebrating this year. It's 40th anniversary, which is Return of the Jedi. Um, as you guys know, I love the Jabba Palace sequence, one of the best sequences in Star Wars. So I couldn't leave this moment out. Uh, and it's the moment that Luke Skywalker uses a Jedi mind trick on Bib Fortuna when he's telling him, like, no, you'll bring me to Jabba now. And he's like, oh, I'll bring you Jabba now. Jabba now. Yeah, it's just this sequence. What can I say that I haven't already said about it? The idea that Luke Skywalker shows up and he's in this like cloak and he's like such an awesome Jedi Knight now. And he's got all his tricks down, pun intended, including mm -hmm. mind tricks. And he's able to just command the room and walk in and be like, no, you're going to go do this thing now. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll go do that thing. It's mm -hmm. just such a full circle moment from the first time that we meet him with Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope where he's like, what did you just do? And mm -hmm. here he is doing it. Um, It's just so awesome. And it's like a first glimpse of like what Luke is capable of, which we knew he was growing as this trilogy went on in his power and his confidence in his ability to be a Jedi. And this just kicks off the movie and I feel like his character in a whole new chapter of just recognizing who he is, what he's capable of and what he can do for good, which is to save his friends and support his friends. Yeah, but also like you're right about the power thing, because following directly after him walking in and being like choke, choke, 
two Gamorrean guards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I left that part out. He did choke some people out right before this. I mean, um, yeah, but it, which it I thought was was like awesome. it shows like whoa, like and then he just yes. convinces the guy no problem, and that takes us back to a New Hope. It's so good. Yeah. So I am not gonna lie. Some of my list is like really big moments, like choking, and then there's mm -hmm. some moments that are more of like the subtle cool moments, and I felt like the choking thing was so awesome it's so cool for him to do that <laughs> but i feel like him mastering the tr trick from obi-wan kenobi in a new hope for me kind of peaked a little yes. bit higher than him yeah. just like taking people out but there's so many luke moments that are on this list so i'm just kicking it off there we go yeah and also there's the ominous nature of that like if you didn't watch um, everyone probably did watch the trailers for return of the jedi you see luke walking in you can't see his face. He's in a black cloak and he's choking people out. You're people like, thought he was bad. People thought yeah, he was like, a bad guy. You're like, what happened to this guy? Yeah. And yeah. And the same way they the lightsaber and the sides. When come I was a out, kid, red I was say, the same way they treated him with Kylo Ren and, and TFA. Everyone was like, Luke went dark. And everyone was like, ah. you know, there's so many other options. here. Right. And yeah. there's uh, when I was a kid and first watching Return of the Jedi, I thought he was just intimidated by Luke. And then I realized Jabba calls him a weak-minded fool and he he Luke tries to it, do yeah. one on Jabba and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, that was a freaking Jedi mind trick. Wow. That was a good pick. Mm -hmm. um, all right, James, you're up. All right. I couldn't choose between two. So I'm going to ask you guys, do you want me to do four serious ones or should I do a, a kind of funny, fun one? Also to keep, keep it going, guys. We've done how many of these now? James has still decided not to share his moments oh, in advance. No. Yeah. So what, do you, just, what do you think? This is part of the process now. So four you, solid ones, like a funny one. I'm going to say use the force. What is the yeah, force? Use the, you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think given those options, we got enough serious ones. I'll go with the funny one. All right. Let, let's kick it off with a good one. And that is Yoda walking into the room and immediately just knocking those royal guards to the side. <laughs> oh, in Revenge of the Sith. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, that, I think that it the you could be hating that movie and in and misery, but when that moment happens, everybody laughs. And I think in the in I'm maybe that's just my opinion or my experience. I think that is a moment when people walk in and they go, I cannot believe he just completely annihilated those. And after seeing, you know, all the other things with Praetorian guards and Mandalorian and everything, like I think just every time they do stuff like that, it just elevates other Star Wars properties. And this is another moment that we get of seeing how powerful Yoda is in in at that time, getting ready to go up at the Emperor, he walks in and these two dudes who are supposed to protect the the leader of the Senate, you know, it's like they don't even do anything. They're nothing. They nothing. mean nothing. And he just slams them to the wall and that's yeah. it. And then the fight can begin. It's just a such a good, solid precursor to what you are about to witness that I feel like I had to put it on this list. It, it's It's like being a security guard at a store in like greenwich or somewhere you're like nobody's robbing this store i just sit here and chill out and then mm -hmm. <laughs> just get knocked out and this precedes yoda shoving the most evil person in the galaxy over uh some staples office furniture that <laughs> yeah, tumble that, over the chair is one of the most ridiculous things in star wars if it, we did like is, a countdown it, of ridiculous I, moments i'm really that. torn on the, if that being is cool or bad <laughs> i yeah. don't know it's so bad because it just looks like an old man like reclined too far and fell back <laughs> yeah. in his chair yeah it looks ridiculous. It's like feet stick up you have yeah. to expect him to have like some weird like socks on or some something boomers. yeah yeah. Pink underwear. yeah yeah um all right i'm gonna save mine that i consider a bit humorous and go with one that lacy uh actually tied into hers which is obi-wan uh showing us for the first time uh the manipulation of the weak minds in a new hope when he tricks the stormtroopers uh, by saying, you do not need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. He can go about his business, move along. And then the stormtroopers just let them go. And Luke's like, how did you do that? And the whole audience is like, how did he do that? And Obi-Wan just goes, the force is has a strong effect against the weak-minded. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Am I weak-minded? Am I strong? Yeah. I was going to say, do I you think you'd that? get tricked? I don't yeah. think I would. I don't, I don't know. I Because I, I, I don't know. I think... I like to assume the best in people sometimes. So I'd be like, oh, this nice little old man, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> you know? So I don't know. Um, I like to think I have a stronger mind than Jabba, therefore. Jabba didn't get Jabba? tricked, though. No, Jabba didn't get tricked. 
He didn't. So I'm saying I yeah. like to think I'm stronger than Jabba. Oh. Therefore, I wouldn't get tricked. So if he can't, the, yeah, okay. Yeah. Correct. I, for, for me, I, I think I would probably get tricked, but I also like to think that given, uh, like, at some point during the day, maybe I wouldn't. And another point during the day, maybe I would. It just kind of depends on people's moods and where they're at in their life, you know, that they might just be like letting things kind of ride by them. Yeah. Um, so it might just sort of depend on the person and where they're at, not necessarily this person all the time. Yeah. I do have to say that this moment, though, is probably the most well-known force using moment in Star Wars. Like everybody Ooh. knows this moment. Everybody yeah. knows. Yeah the Jedi mind trick thing. Yes. Uh, move along is like such mm -hmm. a big joke kind of pop culture reference. I feel like it's and become people, such a general thing. And people use like their hands, to like open doors and stuff. Yeah. Too, Jedi mind like, trick. Isn't even, yeah. It, but it isn't even like a, an actual thing in star Wars. Like people just kind of do that. Obi-Wan does this it. He shuts the door. He does, but but that's like not that's not the reason people do that when they walk up to like an automatic door or something. I think it's just I think you're right though. This might be the, an actual thing that happens in Star Wars that people are replicating. Because people well, in so many references go, you don't need blank or like exactly, you don't need to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. Ray does it in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Yeah. She does she does the hand wave and those two stormtroopers are like, this is good. This mm -hmm. is like, but yeah, Obi-Wan, it's a, it's a classic. And it's also like the first introduction of a certain level of the force. So we're being introduced to the force for the first time. It's like, oh, that's something they can do. Whoa. Okay. So it's like sets the table, sets the bar in the mm -hmm. first movie. So, um, all right, Lacey, you are up with our fourth pick. Yeah. So I'm going to pick a moment that I think stood out to me in the sequel trilogy, which guys, you know, there's a couple sequel moments on my list uh, that stood out to me as not only something that was showed how powerful this character was, but also was a moment that I will always remember when I saw this movie, which was The Last Jedi, eight times in the movie theaters. I'm not kidding you. Eight times. Every single time people cheered at this moment. Like this was a moment that everybody collectively celebrated and or loved. Same with like Vader in Rogue One. And that was Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo killing Snoke in The Last Jedi in the throne room by like mm. turning the ignition on with his fingers and then bringing the lightsaber to, to him. Then Ray catches it. It was such an epic moment mm -hmm. that shows his ability to not only move things, which is like a basic Jedi trick, but he does it in such a way that he that Snoke doesn't pick up on it. Ray doesn't pick up on it. Like she looks genuinely scared like he's about to kill her. Um, and he subtly just moves this thing around and is so it's such a Han Solo moment for him as well, because he's so quick on his feet to think, how am I going to get out of this? And even Ryan Johnson said that, like he walked into that room thinking, how am I going to get out of this? And he saw the moment of the lightsaber spinning on the table as this is it. I'm going to take this time to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just it's just such a cool moment and a cool shot. And it builds up their relationship and his kind of ability to turn. Right. That's the first kind of hint that you're like, oh, my God, he could actually be redeemed. Oh, my God. He's not as bad as we mm -hmm. think he is, mm -hmm. which obviously it goes a different way the rest of the movie. But <laughs> I just think that it's just such a cool moment. Like it's so sneaky. It's so Jedi like to like subtly turn a lightsaber and turn it on. And I love how Ryan Johnson and um, his, who's his director of photography? I'm blanking right now. Is it Steve Yedlin, right? He's so wonderfully done. He's the director of photography that he uses all the time. Schmodown. What are we talking here? No, I'm just trying to give credit to where credit's due. <laughs> and the credit is the shot of just his hand. He's able to show just his hand and moving his fingers. And us as Star Wars fans, because we've been trained with the Obi-Wan moment, which is what ties this to that, mm -hmm. we know he's using the Force. We know that this subtle movement of his hand is doing this way bigger thing because we've been trained that that's what Jedi do, that that's what you're able to do with the Force. Look, it's, it's not... Luke, I'm your father. You know, I know, and I know it's no, I'm I'm your father. I, it's not that, but this is a plot twist. It's a huge plot twist in sure. the movie. Everything changes after it this point. It shocked people. It shocked me. And it's such a good, th the way that it all happened, considering everything that you were saying, as far as like he was able to not only convince uh, the audience, but he's able he was able to not 
or he was able to convince Snoke and Ray and everybody else in the room that nothing was going on. Uh, so all of it so plays out exactly <laughs> so perfectly. It's 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 a wonderfully amazing and force. Just re- and real quick, just, you know, having been in the room at the world premiere, seeing this and uh, just did people hearing, lose their hair too? They ga- they gasped and cheered. Uh, I I mean I may have well have heard John Favreau cheering. You know, uh, <laughs> who knows? I was because people very tight want seat. good. Okay, people want people to be good, right? Ultimately, as yeah. human beings, we want to believe that people are good. So the moment that the bad guy goes, I'm going to do the right thing here, which is what people see time and time again in Star Wars, through this Jedi mind trick move, is epic. Is so epic. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to rub it in that it was at the TLJ premiere. I know. Least, I, least I, least was going, I was going. I was glossing over it, and then you brought it up again. <sighs> I, usually, I only right. do it because usually Lacey move takes along. the page on it. But yeah. Move along. <laughs> yeah, let's move along. Well, let pick, me pick five. Let me uh, let me jump off of your pick with Kylo Ren there. uh, Oh, keep going, please. We can make this list, Kylo Ren, if you want. That moment in The Force Awakens when Poe fires that blaster and he just stops. Oh, this is such a good moment, James. Yes, this is such a good moment. Freezes the bolt and everybody goes, oh, whoa, what just happened? But to see Poe walk past it. Change Star Wars forever, in my opinion. I, it was just, it's a moment where it's, it's probably the moment in The Force Awakens that said, you thought you were going to see some cool new stuff, but you didn't, you didn't even put together it was going to be stuff like this. Like, I think right. that's, that's the moment when everybody in the audience has their, uh, you know, the Willy Wonka Gene Wilder where he like trips and he yes. says, now you can't trust me anymore. I think it's that moment for the movie. He stops the bolt and we walk past it and we go, we've never seen anything like this. We never could have imagined it. So I'm on for the ride, J.J. Abrams, whatever you want to give me. And we've seen Vader block them, obviously, in Empire Strikes Back and stuff like that in the dinner scene. But the fact that not only holds it there, James, he leaves it there for the whole conversation and all the other. And then at the end, it just shoots off when he lets it go. Like yeah. he's having this whole conversation with Poe and he's doing all these things and taking down Laura Santeca and he and the blaster bolt's still sitting there. Yeah. Insane. Yep. Yeah, he's, and, yeah, he's awesome. It, that you're right, that moment where the camera's on one side, the bolt's in the middle, and Poe's on the other side, and we're traveling with Poe past it. And you see his and, eye line. And you you hear it going like like it wants to to continue on its inertia, whatever you call it. That's a very cool shot and a very unique thing to do. And a smart choice, like you say, for introducing a new black masked villain in Star Wars. Like, we got to do something new here. Uh, and they did it. So it was very cool. So, yeah, the craziest thing for me, I think, with TFA, especially with Kylo, is this moment to me when I first saw it in the movie theater, I was like, oh, this guy's stronger than Vader, right? Like, we had never seen Vader do something like this. So I think it kind of set the right. tone, at least in TFA, that this guy was bad, like yeah. worse than we've ever seen. Yeah, which uh, takes us to pick six, which I'm going with one that I find actually a little bit humorous because of the lead up to it. (laughs) But it's Vader murdering Admiral Ozzel from an an entirely different ship (laughs) just via a Skype call. And what's what's so interesting about it is it's one of my favorite Vader lines of all time leading up to this where he says he's as clumsy as he is stupid. And mm-hmm. then he's just had enough of this guy. And the minute he, he knew he was going to kill this guy before he even came on screen. So he comes on, Lord Vader, the ship has moved out. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then the other guys are standing there having to pretend like nothing's happening. Their buddy's getting murdered. And he's like, you're now in command, Admiral Piet. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, what do you yeah. say in that moment, right? You're just like, yeah. Because uh, right. we saw Vader do it to Mahdi in A New Hope from three feet away. And this time he's on a completely different ship just via a Zoom call and he's still choking this guy out. So then you're like, what's the range? I don't have to be where this guy is and he can kill me. Yeah. Like the the, the new level of fear. Mm -hmm. And also it's just funny because the the reaction of the other guys. And I'm sure it was intended to be funny because Star Wars is funny. Well, apology accepted and all that. Yeah, it's supposed to be funny. That's yeah, that's Nita later. But yeah, I don't know being put in charge while these other guys dropping to his knees and getting killed just trying to listen to those orders. Like he probably needed to change his pants after if we're being honest. So (laughs) it's just 
it's the it's the new instillment of what the dark side of the force is capable of and then also like a uh, pretty funny in how it was reacted to and also vader you knew vader was done with that dude heading into that call yeah that that after i just brought up kylo ren like this is a moment that then you never see kylo ren do something like this so <laughs> vader still kind of is like you have much to learn <laughs> right um, um all right so next up we have pick seven uh lacy it is your turn yeah so i'm gonna stick with empire strikes back because it's such a good movie we can all agree that but this moment's probably a little bit more subtle than choking out <laughs> someone but i think it's equally <laughs> powerful because again it's someone reaching out to someone else from a different space which it's the moment that luke is speaking to leia when she's on the millennium falcon and he's hanging mm. from the cloud city in Bespin, uh, the the big, I don't know what you call it, building in <laughs> satellite antenna. Um, yeah. He's wounded. He's at such a dark spot. He almost died. He's about to die if he lets go. He's probably on his last strength and he's using it to call to Leia. Um, and for me with this moment, it was so powerful because not only could Luke call to someone for the help, it gave me the first inkling that something was going on with Leia, that Leia was stronger than we first realized in the force because he could have called to Lando. He could have called to Chewie, but he didn't. He called to Leia and it was very specific to her. And you can see the kind of the voice wash over her and that feeling. And oftentimes throughout the original trilogy, she talks about, oh, I just had a feeling. I, it's just something I, I've known. And you see that reflected in other characters like Finn oh, yeah. and other people. Um, but this moment for me, I thought was, you know, after we know that they're siblings, looking back on it, it's such a strong kind of family bond moment that really shows the connection between siblings. Um, but more than that, it just shows that the force is powerful also in the light. We were just talking about all these dark side people using mm -hmm. the force, but oh, this yeah. is a way that people on the light can use it as well to just reach out to someone. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's a very incredible moment considering, um, like you said, he, he only, he reaches out specifically to Leia, but point taken, he reaches out to Ben first and there's no answer. Nothing. Right. Right. And right. I think part of that is, um, is exactly what you're saying, which is it gives this insight into Leia, which is interesting because I feel like in our generation growing up with Star Wars, there's certain things that we just always knew. But like when you went to see that movie, you're like, well, you know what I mean? You're you're putting together this story where you're like, well, he wouldn't call to Lando because, you know, he doesn't really know him or he doesn't know much about him, you know, mm -hmm. probably. Uh, and then Han, he's probably, I don't know, maybe he's feeling disconnected from Han. Like Han's not around. So who else is he going to reach out to? And he reaches out to Leia. But it's, but it is very surprising in the moment when you're sitting there and he, he says, Ben, Ben, you're like, yeah, okay. I see what, see what's going on here. No answer. And then Leia. And then he's like, I feel like an, as an audience member, you go, why Leia? You know? Mm -hmm. And they, and here's another reason why you love this scene. I'm going to call it because they cut to Leia and they slow push in on her. I do love a slow push, James. Hearing the theme. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing that voice and not understanding what's happening, but just knowing Irving Kirshner loves that. I have to go push, especially yeah. on Leia throughout that movie. There are multiple moments that it's like Leia yeah. well, realization moments. Also, that's she... what makes it land is the slow push. I think is, is you're like, you're, you know, what's going on and you are put in her position, trying to piece together what's the going realization, on. You, know, you understand yeah. that. Yeah. And it was almost like Luke, like, willed her to connect with the force because he's like hear me leia and then she does it and then she goes we have to go back and they're like why she's like she doesn't say i think i know where luke is she goes i know where luke is mm -hmm. she saw luke in her mind it's amazing yeah mm -hmm. good pick um yeah. all right james you're up number eight um all right this time i'm going with a ray moment and this is in the rise of skywalker and it's the climax of the movie when she needs to toss over that lightsaber and she uses the force to give it to Ben Solo. So good. Such a good I, moment. I know that what we were doing here for this was kind of using a specific moment. And what I wanted to kind of go with was the, the 
Skype aspect of them, you know, with the lightsabers and stuff. But I was like, if you really had like, that's just like, I really think that's a cool ability. But if I had to narrow it down to like the moment in the franchise where it really makes the biggest impact, that is another like sort of um, plot twist moment. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't know how either one of these people are going to get out of the situation they're in. She takes it up, she puts it back. Then when she brings it back out and it's gone and he's got it, it's a cheer moment. You're like, I don't know what, I mean, I know what just happened because they've been showing it to us for two movies, but it's just so incredible when you see it happen. Um, I think it, it's, it's, it just opens that door to another really cool thing that can happen within the force. Yeah. It's the Ben Solo moment. You know, he has his moment and that was mm-hmm. his moment. And we got to see what he could do using the light side of the force. And it's just as powerful as what he did before. We were just talking about what he did as Kylo Ren. He took those guys down with ease and no problem. And he was smooth and he used uh, blasters. He deflected blaster bolts. It didn't matter what weapon came at him or how many came at him. He took them all down. And uh, it was he, it was really cool what he did there. And I love that she was able to transfer that to him that way. It felt uh, another, another fresh moment. And the best moment is the shrug. The Han Solo shrug when he finally has it and they're all looking at him like, yeah what and he's like "Mm." (laughs) it's so good and and to match the past shot you just talked about james this shot is a pull out to reveal oh right 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 yeah yes and it became a a popular fan meme a lot of people recreated this if you remember you did yeah i think a bunch of people did yeah um (laughs) all right we are moving on to pick nine i am going with uh yoda lifting luke's x-wing out of the swamp on Dagobah. Boring. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like great yeah. moment. <laughs> so boring. JJ's like, let's do it again. Yeah. But have Luke do it. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the the iconic element of it more of a, as a scene in Star Wars than uh, necessarily brute use of the force. But it's also Yoda teaching Luke a valuable lesson that it doesn't matter what you look like or how big you are or how much muscle you have. If you believe in the force and connect with the force, you can achieve anything. Uh, and Luke <laughs> says, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that's why you fail. And it's this one of my is favorite lines in Star Wars. Yeah, and this is Yoda at the very end of his life, too. It probably took a lot out of him to do that, where maybe 400 years ago, he's like, get that ship out of there. Mm-hmm. So, and then the music, Yoda's theme, uh, how beautiful that's playing over the ship moving from the swamp and landing safely onto uh, the hard surface. And uh, it's just one of those iconic Star Wars scenes where if you show somebody that, they're like, you know, I can get into this. This is pretty cool when you put all the elements of that scene into it, including, of course, uh, the cherry on the on the Sunday is Frank Oz's puppetry and the voice and really bringing Yoda to life there. Uh, just an amazing scene. Yeah, it's, it's hard to even talk about it because it's just so perfect. Like it's nothing, nothing I say about it is going to, everyone's going to be like, yes, of course. Because it's just one of those not just important scenes in Star Wars, but I feel like in cinema, like James, you were saying, like those lines are just so important to the story, to Star Wars, but also to just human nature of like believing in things, even if there aren't in front of you, like mm-hmm. believing that things will work out, um, even if they feel hard or like the challenge that you're facing seems so unbearable or unsurmountable that the moment you believe in yourself is going to change that. Um, I, there's just so much that's a, that's awesome about this, this force trick. I mean, we, you mentioned it, John, with the music and the puppetry and like the set itself is just so epic. Um, but yeah, no, I think this trick, this Jedi trick and use of the force in general is just such a turning point in the original trilogy because you really see before that you've seen a lot of kind of mind stuff like telling people what to do or having a feeling or having like what ray calls luck in the sequel trilogy like Mm -hmm. timing and stuff this is something that literally is a gigantic ship and someone's moving it with their mind like that's insane big turning point for luke too right that it unlocks what's possible yeah um but yeah it's great so speaking of what's possible i am going to go with my last pick on my list but pick number 10 I want to specify that just because I picked these four moments doesn't mean there aren't many, many more that could have been. Oh, yeah. 
I That's mean, James, James, James yeah. picked two that were on my honorable mentions. And for this mm-hmm. character alone with Ray, there are just so many moments that I could have chosen where she beautifully uses the force or has these like from the stormtroopers in TFA where she's convincing people and, uh, you know, drop your weapon, leave the room with the door open. Yep. Um, but this moment to me, I think, is not just only the most important moment for Ray. But for me as a Star Wars fan, it was a moment that was a real turning point for me of what was possible within Star Wars and like what was to come. And that was Ray calling to the lightsaber in TFA because absolutely <laughs> this moment is just like easily in my top three, top five moments in all of Star Wars, because as a woman growing up in Star Wars, you didn't have a Jedi that was a woman. And this was a moment that I just knew that like, oh, my God, everything's different. Like now I have someone that's a Jedi that's a woman as well. <laughs> yeah. I think and John's showing us that he's getting goosebumps. He's getting when goosebumps. I think about that scene, I get goosebumps. It's just insane, you know, and, and the idea of like the ramifications of her using the lightsaber because throughout the movie she has these like inklings and moments and she doesn't want to accept what's her destiny and what's calling to her. And in kind of that moment of need to help her friends and to help other people and to stand up for what's right and the bad guy, stand up against the bad guy, kind of obviously like Luke Skywalker, she's able to hone in on her skills and on this ability to stand up for herself. And that mm-hmm. moment was another moment in the movie theater. Everybody gasped and, and cheered. Because for me personally, I thought it was going to be Luke. Like that's so what did I, Mark Hamill. Yeah, right. I thought it was going to be Luke getting the lightsaber. I just kind I of think everybody that. did. It, it's it's yeah. perfectly set up for that. Because you're waiting and waiting, waiting for him to show up. And I thought this was his moment. Um, but I couldn't have imagined, um, and not to say that wouldn't have been awesome, because it would have, how wonderful this moment was for me and for now my future, my daughter yeah. and other little girls growing up that like this is their Jedi. And it there's just so much Absolutely. weight and power and just like possibility with this because it just showed that you didn't necessarily have to be someone like Luke Skywalker or like, I don't know, coming from the Jedi Academy. It could just be someone mm-hmm. that's a no one um, and doing what's right. Now we eventually find out she's Palpatine, so it erases that. But at this moment, <laughs> she was nobody. Well, and, and the first cast script read, Mark Hamill was the narrator, and he thought, this is where I come in. This is going to be my did. big moment. He did. He openly said that. And I feel so bad for Mark, which we talked about on but. Thursday, Mark's kind of growth and acceptance. So if you haven't watch that go back and watch it thursday listen to that thursday episode we talk about mark but because everyone reacted the way they did it showed how big of a scene it was because it was still overwhelmingly when everyone thought it was going to be luke everyone and the music the music Music, made this so Mm -hmm. great too and the snow the snow lightsaber fight that jj abrams wanted was just so cool too but all right for me it was just this is probably one of the most important moments of my life. It will always be, it will always find its way in those montages. When they do those montages, it will always be there because it's just one mm-hmm. of those big time, big timers. Um, now for the most predictable pick on the list, we're going to send it to James Bainey. You didn't take it. That was the other one I was kicking around and I didn't go with it. Unbelievable. Oh. All right, here we go. Wait, right. say um, what you didn't take. So the pick that I was kicking around earlier that I didn't go with is Kanan protecting everybody against the explosion. Um, I have reasons why I didn't go with it. It didn't win over. But one of my reasons why I wanted to choose it was because his eyes come back. I, it's that's that's the moment for me. It's not even blocking something. It was that the I his mean, eyesight cool. returned. Yeah, but that's not my pick for the last one. The last one is going to solidify the the missed opportunity from Mark Hamill, maybe in Force Awakens we were just talking about and bringing it back for one of my favorite Luke moments of all time. And that is when he shows himself as a force projection on crate. There you go. OK, that's that's yeah. Every, I thought you were going to say blue Luke. I was like, I thought you hate no, Luke. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. He no, just no. said he shows himself. And I was like, is oh, he? gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this, I mean, everything about like the Snoke thing that Lacey brought up earlier, but, but this particular thing being this huge revealing plot, whatever. I remember everybody gasping. I remember I wanted to stand up out of my seat. I was just completely floored by this. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was completely well executed. I walked out of the theater and I said to my friend, um, best Star Wars movie ever. I literally was just so completely floored by that move. It wasn't a storyline thing. It was just like the way the force was presented. It just 
went over everybody's head. And I, I literally, I have so much trouble believing anybody that said like, oh, I saw that coming or I noticed his feet wasn't blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, none of that. Nobody Him walking knew through, he's out. talking to Leia. He has the scene with C-3PO. He goes out there, the blasters, everything, all of it, the whole fight, everything. And then to reveal when he puts it inside of him. And I, like, I think your brain is like melting. You're like, I can't even understand what I'm looking at. And when it cuts to him sitting there meditating, it all comes together. I love the moment. It's so perfect. He's so much smarter. He just, he elevates over Kylo in that moment. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much else to say. It's, it's an iconic moment and a full sort of uh, return to form for the character. Um, amazing. Yeah. Um, so my last pick and the last pick of the Kessel run, uh, also Luke Skywalker, but instead of his last moment, one of his first moments, and it's when he uses the force by trusting Obi-Wan instead of using his target computer, he uses the force to blow up the Death Star. Uh, he got help obviously from Han Solo to keep Vader and those thugs behind him. Uh, and he had the help from Obi-Wan, but he believed in the force. And all those other guys that had the perfect target that just impacted on the surface didn't make it into the into the two meter wide space. Luke used the force, fired away, and he blew up the Death Star. Uh, just perfect. one of those big celebratory moments at the end of the first Star Wars movie. That's the big moment in Star Wars. Like if nothing ever ever happened, that's the big moment. Right. You know, if there were no more huge. movies, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So to recap our list before we hop out of here. Uh, Luke, mind trick on Bib Fortuna in Return of the Jedi. Yoda, uh, Re Revenge of the Sith knocks out the guards. Obi-Wan's first Jedi mind trick against the Stormtroopers in A New Hope. Kylo killing Snoke in The Last Jedi. The Force awakens Kylo Ren freezing the blaster bolt from Poe Dameron. Vader killing Ozzel via a Skype call. Luke connects with Leia in at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Rey transferring the lightsaber to Ben Solo in The Rise of Skywalker. Yoda lifting Luke's X-Wing out of the swamps of Dagobah. Rey catching the lightsaber on Starkiller Base at the end of TFA. Luke's trick on Krayt uh, to fool and defeat Kylo Ren. And, of course, we have Luke using the Force to destroy the Death Star. So that's our Kessel Run. Let us know what you think. What are your picks? And what did you think of our picks? We hope you enjoyed this Kessel Run of our top 12 uses of the Force in star wars all right we're gonna hop out of here uh like everyone said before make sure you're sub to the podcast and spread the word because that's how we've been growing so thank you so much for that you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and my movie podcast just like the movies uh where we're going to be doing indiana jones and the last crusade uh hopefully comes out tomorrow uh lacy how about you people could find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin on tiktok at it's lacy gillerin james and me on twitter and instagram both at myra trunks all right, we will see you all on Wednesday night this week due to my scheduling, uh, but you'll see us sooner. So we hope you enjoy the start to your week, and we'll see you Wednesday with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>